0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. The Mega Power Here at WrestleMania 5 Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 28, Wrestlemania 5. The mega powers explode, brother. Ooh, yeah.
1: I'm so bad at impressions. I feel like... It's
0: it's not a quality that anyone really ever
1: knows. No, means. Matt's just like choking on right. his ooh yeah right now. His eyes are watering. I feel like everybody can do a macho man, but... Uh, I mean, it's
0: kind of the easiest one to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's gonna probably tickle. Tickle will be it. So this was I, our... Dusty Roads is probably my favorite to go to because I can do it in regular life and nobody knows what I'm doing and they just kind of think I'm doing some like weird racist shit, but I'm not. <laughs> and then I let them know, of course. I don't do it to like you know people at the, like the drive-through or like the checkout at the grocery store. Only my friends.
0: I mean, I'll do the rock every once in a while.
1: Oh yeah, do you have a good rock? No, but you'll do it anyway.
0: Just bring it. Oh. It's all hand movement. You gotta do the hand. Yeah. I can't do the people's eyebrow, but I can do the people's yeah.
1: hand. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the people's eyebrow is kind of like the white trash version of the, like, the Elvis lip. <laughs> True. I always thought that. I always like tied those together when I was a kid. I hated The Rock when I was a kid.
0: And you were incredibly
1: wrong. No, I mean, like I hated him because he was a good heel. My cousin loved him because oh, he, he was a, was a good great heel. heel. But I was more of like you know the I, I've I've always gravitated towards the. Uh,
0: I think I liked the heel rock more than I did the face rock.
1: Oh, easily, I agree with that completely. But like he like in hindsight, but when I was a kid and uh, I was watching it with like you know my cousin and and my sister and stuff, it was, I was always more on the. That's why I liked. Mankind, so much it's like he's an underdog, he's a he's misunderstood.
0: I get it, oh, yeah. So, WrestleMania 5, obviously, it's the fifth annual WrestleMania produced by the WWF. It was held on April 2nd, 1989, at the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey,
1: which is basically
0: Trump Plaza, right? They promoted it as the Trump Plaza, but is it not? It's not actually, actually Trump, Trump Plaza. Plaza it's, it's just
1: that, like, he probably put some money forward, yeah. so they just everybody wears it. And Basically,
0: stuff. it's also the same location that hosted WrestleMania four. Yeah. So it kind of gives us a little bit but of that a... that was also supposedly Trump Plaza. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's the exact same place. Built, yeah. I mean, they called it Trump Plaza, but it was always the Boardwalk Hall. Okay. It's the only location to ever host a WrestleMania two years in a row. Oh, okay. I mean, it was originally intended. It makes sense to... considering
1: the the big, the big angle, starting there and ending. Yeah,
0: there. Yeah, the kind of the circle of life of or the bookends to the storyline of yeah. the mega powers. The attendance at the show was eighteen thousand nine hundred and forty-six. God
1: damn, that's so many people.
0: It's about ten thousand people more than the Shy Town Rumble that was last week.
1: Like I just going into a building with that many people sounds. There's not. That many there's not big venues like that in Oklahoma or too many things that I would go to that would attract that many people.
0: I think the Chesapeake only sits like twelve. Yeah, and maybe. that's maybe, and
1: that's the that's where like the Thunder plays, the yeah. NBA team. And I've been there, but not sold out.
0: I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a sold out anything there. Yeah, it's, it's a big venue. The buy rate for the show was a five point nine, so five almost six percent of every pay-per-view by that night was this show. I
1: that's imagine that's pretty
0: great. That's a really good. Yeah. Really good percentage. It's the
1: it's the Mega Powers brother.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> so for some
1: context to the time period in which this show happened. Yes.
0: Rain Man had just won the best picture Academy at the Academy Awards a few days earlier.
1: I've never seen Rain Man. I know he counts fast
0: you would like Rain Man.
1: Who else is in it outside of the terrible Kevin Spacey? At this point, we all Kevin, know... It's
0: not Kevin Spacey. Oh, no, it's no. Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman.
1: That's right. I was thinking of something else. I mean, I'm down.
0: It's, it's a really good movie, actually. I mean, it was... I would probably enjoy it more now that I'm older than yeah. I did then, and I thought it was a good movie then, so... Uh, we also have Garth Brooks, who would release his debut album just a few weeks later. I didn't
1: I did not grow up with country music at all. But we so are was Chris
0: in, G- was Chris Gaines your first Garth Brooks?
1: No. Uh, like I like my dad is from Massachusetts, my mom is from New York, and they both lived in California longer than either of their hometowns. So do you, do you they know don't that New care York, about New York City mm-hmm. has
0: the most country stations Oh, really? out of any state. I believe it. I mean
1: there's more there's more people there.
0: I just always thought that was weird that yeah. New York would have the most country stations.
1: Yeah, but no, like I didn't grow up with any country music cuz so, it's like the con- the 90s country boom. Like really, I have, you know, I lived the majority of my life in Oklahoma, so I have lots of friends that have they know all those songs or they have some sort of Connection Literally, to them. You'd
0: probably put a Garth Brooks album on right now. Yeah, listen to him forever. And yeah, I would know no everyone. And
1: like for me, like I don't know, like I know like "Friends in Low Places," which is an amazing song. And like I know a couple of songs, but like as a kid, there was absolutely zero country music in my house. And I do like country music. And the older I get, the more I dig back further and appreciate it more. But it's typically not to the '90s. So, so I have a weird. I don't, I don't have the Garth Brooks thing. It's not I don't feel I the same.
0: I think 90s country music is some pretty good stuff.
1: I mean, like I love Buck Owens and like the Louvin Brothers. I mean, I've gotten stuff, into like that old stuff. Good too, yeah.
0: but I really it was right before country music kind of went pop. No, it was
1: pop at that point in time. It's just before it got lame pop.
0: I'll agree. That's with my that. personal with opinion
1: based on like I've only like I've slowly warmed to country music and Like, act naturally. Buck Owens is, like, fucking top top fucking 20 pop song in my mind.
0: Well, let's get to the show. We get some sax music over a cloudy Uh, background that says Mega Powers that then explodes. We get the Vince voiceover. Exactly. WrestleMania 5 logo comes on the screen, and then we go to the live crowd. We Get Grilla and Jesse welcoming us to the show. Mm, I love them so much. And then Howard Finkel announces Rock and Robin to sing "America the Beautiful." As she's singing, we get photos <laughs> of stock footage.
1: Yeah, your typical while, American flag. While Robin
0: sings, not so good. Uh, well, I like her pauses. I'm gonna big up her I for mean, the pause. She doesn't.
1: She do does the dramatic pause, but she doesn't like over. Like she obviously is not a great singer, but she doesn't. She
0: is definitely not. But she's
1: not singer. like horrendous. I've seen people that are better singers do worse because they overdo it.
0: Okay, I'll I'll go with that one.
1: But I also don't give a shit about the
0: literally episode. as she's singing. I was just like, oh my god, this is so bad. And then as soon as she finishes, Jesse goes. Jesse talks mad shit. She should keep her day job. He says that, and I laughed so hard. I had to I pause. Laughed. I had to pause the show so I could finish laughing.
1: I laughed as well because. Is like Jesse Ventura is way he's entirely too funny. It may be
0: my favorite Jesse line of all. Really?
1: Time. It's definitely not my favourite. But it was
0: good. Just because it was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. he yeah. said exactly it's what like, I was thinking.
1: Yeah. It's like when somebody verbalizes your like inner
0: feelings and you're like ah I relate to that. The show starts right then and there. We go to mm-hmm. our first match. King Haku with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Hercules.
1: And King Haku comes in on his like what do you call that a,
0: uh, a platform with platform, a throne?
1: Yeah, but the throne is like obviously like wood that's like spray painted gold.
0: Oh, It's totally. very funny.
1: But like Haku
0: looks so amazing in that purple. He, he, he looks, looks. He looks, he looks fucking great. He looks good. Bobby takes the mic and says, "Everyone should get up on their feet and bow to the king." And booze. flood the arena. Galore. <laughs> Hercules would come in the ring and Haku would attack him from behind. Hercules would then retaliate with a hip toss and a scoop slam. After tossing Haku to the ropes, it looks like Hercules is gonna give a back body drop, but just throws him up in the air, followed by a clothesline to send the king to the floor.
1: Hercules has the best traps in the game at this point, right? Oh
0: totally.
1: They're like right they're like behind I'm I'm
0: waiting for Haku to give a trap spot. They're like behind his earlobes, they're so tall. We get a vertical suplex that brings Haku back in and a series of elbow drops from Hercules. Hercules starts yelling and stalking after Heenan on the outside, but Haku comes from behind with a clothesline to start working over Herc. Hey, look, Donald Trump's made it to his same seat that he was in last year. Yeah,
1: up next to his uh, his kid, I guess. I assume it's his kid. It might
0: be Junior, I'm not sure.
1: I, I assumed it was his child. He's there the whole time. We get a, a pair chain.
0: of backbreakers from the king and slaps on a bear hug to wear Hercules down. After Hercules powers out of the bear hug, Haku hits some kicks and chokes before an Irish whip clothesline attempt that Herc ducks and comes back with a crossbody on the king. Another Irish whip attempt, but Hercules reverses it, sending Haku to the turnbuckle. But the king jumps up on the second rope, comes off with a crossbody, but Hercules ducks. Uh. Left hands. Haymaker, knee lift, pair of clothesline, and a power slam from Hercules, all for a two count. Herc goes to the top rope and comes right into a savak kick from Haku. Hell yeah. The king with a second rope splash, but Hercules moves, and Hercules hits a bridging back suplex for the pin and the win. It's like, watching it, it doesn't
1: feel like it's is one-sided, but... You were recounting the match. It's like, oh, like, Herc really got his shit in.
0: Herc got his shit in. The cool spot was the dot, the crossbody into the Savat kick, oh, which we yeah. see a lot of now, but it was... Yeah, it looked great. I love Haku
1: and would love for Haku to be pushed more, but you got to give the baby the, the intro. But, like, Herc comes in and he, like... He comes in with that giant chain around his neck, and he swings it from the middle. Oh yeah! Like it, before the I mean, match starts, like, but it's like seriously, like that. Yeah, it's like it's like going past the ropes. It's like 15 feet of chain. Not a terrible way to start.
0: I might have liked a little bit quicker of a pace on that. I, I
1: agree completely, but I don't think that Herc can Wick can work at the quick pace that Haku can.
0: I mean, there's another map like. Possibly switching the first two matches. Yeah,
1: we can we can always go back and kind of change up change
0: up the playlist. Yeah, which we'll talk about in the yeah. second match here in just one second. Because we're headed to the back Mean Jeans there with the Rockers. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels says, What's it going to be like when two big men try and catch Grease light?" Yes, thank you for getting that. I have that as well. So we're off to our second match. We got the twin towers of Akeem and Bossman with Slick. And Akeem with his like... Is Dusty dancing,
1: yeah, it's so fucking. I love his. Like, I don't, I don't like, I like, Akeem. do you like a over one man gang? Oh, yeah, I like a over one man gang because he's kind of more goofy, but one man gang is more opposing, and it's kind of weird because considering it's the same guy, in a sudden, like it in feels a, like he
0: has more personality, yeah. Well, like, in you a short, it's
1: still the same, it's way. like way dumber, but in a short amount of time, they look, they still look very different. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like if you put them next to each other and be like,
0: yeah, I, that's the same I guy, he, I guess. Did he always wear his hat during the matches? I don't remember. Or did he have, take the hat off?
1: Who, uh, Keem? Yeah. No,
0: I think he takes it off. Okay. I was like, does he still have the mohawk? It's just thing? that he wears all that, all that blue. Versus the rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Janetti Wearing that,
1: like they have like like highlighter, yellow, like pink, and like zebra. Yellow, pink, zebra, and then you yeah. can tell that like they have their name. It's ba- totally like...
0: based off of the Midnight Rockers and yeah, and yeah. Rock and Roll Express yeah, yeah. type.
1: And they have like their ups. the same matching gear, but they have like it looks like somebody took like nail polish and like put their initials like on the like top corner, like right in the middle. Got
0: to know who's too, man. I mean, one has brown hair, one has blonde hair so the towers go to attack as the bell rings but the rockers escape the ring by rolling around in the ring and then rolling out Bossman lifts Sean up to the top rope and Jannetty distracts him allowing Michaels to come off with a drop kick into some fists by Marty Sean's running the ropes ducks a clothesline, leapfrogs boss man runs over to punch Akeem and one more to Bossman. man Akeem gets in the ring doing his dancing and Michaels shows him up by doing the moonwalk. Ah,
1: uh, what a good moment because Akeem's dancing is. Silly. Laughable. I mean, I mean, it's supposed to be, but. Shawn Michaels doing his, like, half ass moonwalk is still
0: more impressive. We get some good tag work by the Rockers with axe handles on Akeem, a double team chop to Akeem, and then the Rockers double team punch Boss Man. Marty leapfrogs Akeem after coming off the ropes, but goes right into the arms of Big Boss Man, and the African Dream squashes Janetti from behind.
1: I love a nice, like,. A big man catch.
0: Totally. It's like, ah. The towers begin to work over Marty with double team avalanche splashes in the corner. Boss man holding Jannetty from the apron while Akeem attempts a running splash. But Marty moves and boss man is knocked off the apron. Jannetty escapes the clutches of Akeem to make the hot Hot tag. tag. Sean with a drop kick as he jumps in the ring. Mounted punches in the corner. Double team tosses to the turnbuckle followed by double team flying fists all on the African dream. Akeem reverses an Irish whip, tries for a clothesline, but Michaels ducks. Then the African Dream turns and gives a lariat to knock Sean down. Bossman comes off the top rope, but misses the splash. No. Has, you, can't, you
1: can't miss the splash when you that Has
0: Bossman ever hit this splash? No, because he shouldn't be up there. Michaels is tossed to the rope, goes to leapfrog, but Bossman catches him. Sean's punching away when Marty comes in and ducks behind for like one of those old school, like. Where you duck behind someone, and you push him. Oh over yeah! Him.
1: No, that's a really good spot. Uh, well, it's a. Uh, but is he not like? Is is he not on a?
0: Key? Is Akeem not? Holding yeah, he's him up? like he's holding him up almost like he's gonna power bomb him, and yeah, someone's yeah. punching away at him. Marty comes comes in, and gets and, on all fours behind him and trips and him, yeah. ends up tripping him, and he falls over.
1: It looks really fun. It's pure pure good tag shit.
0: The Rockers then hit a double drop kick on Akeem on the apron, followed by a top rope double missile drop kick on Big Boss Man.
1: Dude, that drop kick, like, they do it at the same time, but, like, Marty's a little faster, and, like, Sean kind of misses his, but it still looks really nasty. He, like, kind of overshoots it.
0: Michaels goes for the cover, but the African Dream is able to break it up. Marty is then tossed from the ring by Akeem while Sean goes to the top rope, coming off, but Boss Man catches him and power bombs him. Akeem then hits the Air Africa uh, for the pin and no the win.
1: Dude, that uh, like catching somebody like that and then turning for a power bomb? That's like spinebuster good.
0: It was really good.
1: It's basically like a power bomb, but it's like like a spine buster is not a spine buster if you don't arn Anderson turn.
0: Exactly.
1: It's just a power bomb. Or Arrive, whatever. Yeah.
0: Spinebuster leave. Who's in the back with million dollar man? Tony Schiavone, the most boring man with a microphone. I thought he had some good lines on this show. No, he's definitely better here. Maybe with that WWF flair. That's that's a joke. WWF flair. Yeah. (laughs) Tony Tony actually says the Million Dollar Man has a match with the man that knows a little about strutting and a A lot lot about
1: cutting." cutting. You know he didn't write that.
0: Oh no, totally not. But we get to see the debut of the million dollar bell. Oh, that's the debut of it. It's the
1: debut of it. They did not do a very good job of debuting it
0: by not mentioning it that it, he had it or what it was. I don't know.
1: They didn't like do any like great close ups or anything. I mean, it was
0: cubic sarconium. What do they? What do you want them to do? Sell so, like everything else. <laughs> so we're headed off to our third match. We got million dollar man Ted DiBiase with Virgil. Versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake.
1: Brutus the fucking Barber
0: Beefcake. DiBiase makes it down to ringside and he shakes hands with Trump. Of course he does. I mean, they're both millionaires, right? Yeah, he's a million dollar fucking man. Million dollar club. DiBiase's taunting Brutus with his million dollar belt. Well, uh, Brutus comes down
1: and he has his like uh, shears. In a bag. In a bag and he comes out and he like pulls the shears out of the bag and does one of the Clamps them, them together up. for a pop and like puts them back in the bag and, and then the match starts.
0: As the match starts, we get a cheap shot, back body drop, a hip toss, and another back body drop which sends DiBiase retreating to the outside. Multiple scoop slams from Beefcake followed by a clothesline that sends Million Dollar Man over the top rope to the floor. Brutus is working over DiBiase until they get close enough to the ropes and Virgil grabs Beefcake's foot to distract him.
1: You know who's got bigger arms than Hulk Hogan?
0: I mean, they're 24-inch pythons, man. No one does.
1: Uh, Virgil has bigger (laughs) arms than Hulk
0: Hogan, I promise you. Those things are fucking insane. DiBiase with chokes, head slams the turnbuckles, back elbows, falling fist drops off for two counts. A clothesline and a second rope double axe-handled continues the punishment. Million Dollar Man tosses the barber to the ropes and puts his head down, so Brutish rolls him up into a small package for a two-count. DiBiase goes for a suplex, but Beefcake reverses it for one of his own. Brutus is running the ropes, ducks a clothesline attempt, comes back, and both men hit clotheslines for a double KO spot. Million Dollar Man's able to hit a suplex this time and locks on the Million Dollar Dream, but the barber reaches the ropes. DiBiase goes to slam Brutai's head into the turnbuckle, but Beefcake reverses it multiple times, and then ten more head slams into the turnbuckle.
1: On DiBiase? all right just
0: checking million dollar man gives us a flare (laughs) flop before being tossed into the ropes so that brutus can lock on the barber's chair which is just another sleeper hold like the million dollar dream so many sleeper holds virgil jumps up on the apron and beefcake lets go of million dollar man and goes to attack virgil debiase comes from behind to hit brutus who falls out of the ring million dollar man distracts the ref while virgil continues the attack on the outside But Brutus no-sells it and begins to chase Virgil around the outside.
1: I know, I thought he was really going to take it to Virgil, but nothing really comes of it.
0: DiBiase comes from behind, hitting Beefcake, and they continue to brawl on the floor. And all of a sudden, the bell rings, and both men have been counted out.
1: Yes, that happened.
0: Post-match, they're still brawling. Brutus runs Million Dollar Man face-first into the ring post. Beefcake goes chasing after Virgil again until he gets in the ring and looks to kick Brutus but the barber catches the leg, gives an atomic drop in a clothesline before locking on the barber's chair once again. DiBiase jumps into the ring, Beefcake seizing, drops Virgil, and Scoop slams Million Dollar Man. Brutai runs to the outside to grab his shears, but once he's back in the ring, DiBiase and Virgil have escaped by rolling out of the ring.
1: But more importantly, what happens next? It's the return of Sir Lord Alfred Hayes. So we get a pre-recorded <laughs> segment
0: with Hayes with the Bushwhackers.
1: Hey, brunch. I didn't know people said brunch in 1989.
0: I guess so. They're sitting there having brunch. Uh, Butch and Luke, they keep talking with food in their mouth. So you yeah. have no clue what they're saying.
1: It's fine because they can't talk anymore.
0: And Hayes actually breaks kayfabe and just starts laughing yeah. in the middle of talking. And Did you was- think you were going to be excited
1: to see Hayes again? I was kind of like, I was kind of tickled.
0: I was like, ah, it's Hayes. I thought it was interesting that, like, literally they had, like, five people running around backstage doing different things. Yeah, yeah, like Sean Sean, Sean Mooney out in the crowd. Lord Alfred Hayes, yeah. Tony Schiavone, Mean Gene. It's like, do we need this many people doing different things? It was like, all right, you're paying them. Good for you. So we're headed off to the fourth match, the fabulous Rugeaus of Jacques and Raymond with Jimmy Hart versus the Bushwhackers of Butch and Luke. As, as the Bushwhackers are coming down to the ring, they steal Jimmy Hart's coat and look to tear it into two when the rojos jump in the ring to attack them. Hart's in the ring grabbing his coat when the rojos are tossed to the center and all three men hit each other. It happened. Butch is running the ropes, goes for a falling fist, but Raymond moves. Then Luke jumps into the ring to give a big boot that knocks Jacques from the apron. Bushwhackers with the battering ram of Butch's head to knock Raymond down. And Butch makes the cover, but Jacques comes in to make the save with a knee drop. But the bushwhacker moves, and Raymond takes the brunt of the hit. At this point, Jacques's in, and the ref points out that his shoe is untied. I didn't, bu-
1: even, I didn't even catch that. And then
0: deals, and then he like deals with Luke on the outside, so the Rugeaus put Butch in a Boston Crab stomp combo. Yeah. Butch is then tossed into the turnbuckle and is lifted up for a scoop slam. And Butch is trying to, like, make sure he gets centered. And he grabs hold of something that's not the waist of Raymond. He he
1: grabs his junk? He grabs his junk. I didn't catch that.
0: It's very subtle.
1: Yeah. I was. there. No.
0: TBH? You didn't care for this match.
1: (sighs) Checked the fuck out.
0: Raymond then hits a second rope double axe handle. And then we get double-team elbows, and then an ab stretch by Jacques, followed by a savat kick from Raymond. The Rajos are celebrating this awesome move, which wasn't it, was was
1: that awesome? It's fine.
0: And Luke picks It's Butch not up. as
1: good as the Rugeots can
0: do. We know that. Luke then picks Butch up for the battering head ram again to knock Raymond down, and the Bushwhackers give a double-team rib-breaker, and Butch makes the cover for the pin and the win. And... Sean Mooney's in the entryway when the Bushwhackers walk up and they start licking his face. Why not? Is that the most entertaining part of this entire match? This stinks. It was not good. Let's move on. Fifth match. Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. You know what doesn't suck? Mr. Perfect and the Blue Blazer? This does not suck.
1: You know what also doesn't suck? Mr. Perfect's like... Highlighter green. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he's finally, he's
0: finally made it to his highlighter green. Yeah, it's uh, like wear green. that he that he makes famous over his years. It looks so weird and it's so great. So as Blue Blazers coming to the ring from Gorilla, parts unknown, who knows where he's from? But Gorilla says he will be flying down that ramp, and I just had to take a moment to consider no. how sad of a statement that is. I don't like that at all. R.I.P. Perfect's running the ropes, Blazer with the leapfrog attempts a hip toss, but is reversed perfectly. Perfect goes for another hip toss, but Blazer flips over, gives multiple slams and a drop kick to send Hennig flying over the top rope to the floor, followed by a baseball slide. Perfect reverses an Irish whip to send Blazer to the corner, but Blazer jumps over a charging Hennig, hits a hip toss, a scoop slam, and a standing drop kick.
1: God, Blue Blazer, like both these guys look amazing, but the Blue Blazer looks so crisp. Looks so good. So crisp. And this is like nothing but like fucking power moves. Like it is seriously like the greatest
0: hits. We get a backbreaker, a back suplex, a scoop slam, and Blazer comes high off the top rope for a split-legged moonsault. Jesus. But perfect gets his knees up. And it looks so dirty. It looks nasty. This match is great. Hennig locks in a reverse chin lock while sitting on Blazer's back. Perfect. Then Irish whips Blazer to the corner, charges in, but Blazer gets a boot up.
1: You know what we don't see what anymore? Do we not see? The reverse. We don't see very many reverse chin locks anymore, and they look nasty.
0: It's much better than a headlock.
1: They look better than a lot of things, and they look better than a lot of guys' like big moves. Like it looks better than like skull end. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing a Sonata T-shirt. It looks better than that.
0: Power slam and a belly to belly suplex for a two count by the Blazer. Perfect then reverses an Irish whip to send Blazer into the turnbuckle, charges in, but Blazer sidesteps and pulls Perfect over for a crucifix pin attempt.
1: I couldn't believe we got a crucifix pin.
0: Blazer gets up and starts arguing with the rep, which allows Perfect to hit a forearm and the Perfect Plex for the victory. Goddamn. Match was six minutes... Of all highlight. Perfection. It's
1: all highlight reel. like This match is so good. Like There's not as much... You could say like, oh, like they didn't really build. It's like, well, they had six minutes, so you know what they did? They went out there and made, made each other stars.
0: The match before had like eight minutes.
1: And it sucked, but... And I, I need my it. eight
0: minutes back, guys.
1: Totally. This is like six minutes of just like, like spot fest. Yes. This is what people today would call a spot fest.
0: And it's so good.
1: But it's good. And we good. love it yeah but it's good because these guys are both good they're both they're both like above they're 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 the young younger guys that can do more than the older guys at the top of the card at this moment and they fucking show it off like crazy they also have no respect for the idea of i mean like i'm conflating it here but like it's not like like bret hart can do some of this stuff, but he is way more interested in storytelling, where I think that these guys, like, are more about, like, hey, fuck you, look at me. So they kind of have more of a, like, like, lucha or spectacle mindset, whereas, like, there is people, like, Owen, or like, Bret Hart on this card that can do this stuff, but his view on wrestling is different. I agree. So, I don't know, it was really weird to see this match. Like, this is the kind of match you put on, like, you know, second or third or of the even, Tokyo what, Dome.
0: What if they had put this as the first match of the night?
1: Well, then it would have been a great show. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, granted, this is a very good show, but, like, it would have been... I, my, my eyes would have opened up, I would have perked up, and I would have leant, leaned forward and got into it.
0: But I'm glad it came after that other match that was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? And now I'm just like, I'm back in this show.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, this was great. Like, I I popped when, because I didn't look at the card, so I popped when it was, like, the first, like, real appearance by the Blue blazer.
0: So then Jesse has been saying he has a surprise for everybody all night long, Mm -hmm. and we finally get it. Finkel announces him to the crowd as a top commentator and a self-professed major Hollywood star.
1: We get that predator pop.
0: And then he's up there on the, above the crowd posing for everyone. We then get Lord Alfred Hayes again in a video from the day before at the starting line of the WrestleMania 5K run. This is so useless, but kind of fun. Mr. Fuji is a last minute entry into the race. And the, you see the other racers booing Fuji, which yeah, I thought yeah. was fun. And then Fuji finishes the race to prove that he's in good shape. Yeah, he's got that, that, uh, that cardio. Finkel then announces "Run DMC." I popped for that.
1: I did not was not ready for that. It's like '89. It's prime DMC Run DMC time, but it's weird that they don't play like a hit song. They do like it's not. They gotta do the
0: WrestleMania rap. It's not.
1: It's not recorded very well, and I'm like want to know what they say. So maybe we should play it right here. We're probably not gonna do that, but I'd like to hear it it more clean I mean, it was not good, and I don't even. I love rap music i am a little too young to love run dmc and appreciate them for what they are because like i've tried to listen to like the big run dmc records but i've listened to like the big ll cool j records from the same time and they are way more entertaining and way better and you would even probably like them match.
0: I've listened to some old LL cool J. Oh, I like, like, I like
1: old LL. I love oh, what Re- okay. Run DMC did for hip hop, but I don't. But like this was. It was cool, but it wasn't good. It was cool that they were there. It was not. It was just. It just seemed
0: like next. It was like, nah, yeah,
1: next.
0: Yeah. Gorilla then sends us to a video package about the tag feud between the powers of pain and demolition. And we get to see the Survivor Series double turn. Yeah, yeah, we get the food, fu- the yeah, the big Fuji turn. Uh, they send us to main event two, which is, and this is one of the matches that wasn't shown on the live program that we covered, but it oh, was one of okay. the dark matches that happened before. All right,
1: because like we watched main event two, but I don't remember this.
0: And we see Demolition hitting Powers of Pain with a cane before Fuji throws salt in Axe's face.
1: Well, it's funny, like Fuji Su- throws salt in his face because it's like a Shinto thing to like. To, like, get rid of bad spirits. That's why they do it in like, uh, in, like, sumo. Before they have a match, they throw salt into the ring.
0: And then we get Mean Gene in the back with Demolition. Smash says, the only one thing to do, and that's smash your teeth in. And then Axe calls the powers of pain, Fuji, the three stooges. It was a it was fine demolition promo. And so we're off to our sixth match. It's the powers of pain of Warlord and Barbarian and Mr. Fuji versus Demolition of Axe and Smash. It's a three on two. In a handicap match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. It's the first time that a handicap match had ever been done for, for, the, title. for the Tag type, tag Team Championship.
1: It's a title. It's WWF. A title. It's not a belt.
0: I call them championships, sir. I like a... That
1: was a good... I wanted to say Paulie dangerously, but I meant Paul Heyman.
0: Same thing. But when you said sir. Sir. Demolition takes control early, working over Warlord. Powers of pain, working on Smash, but he fires backs with some punches. Acts with a clothesline and a body slam to Barbarian to regain control for Demolition. Can you tell that these two teams just brawl a lot and there's not a whole lot of wrestling?
1: Yeah, but like, Demolition's very over.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Those are things that sometimes where like we need to like, like sometimes we'll be talking about the match, but it's like, oh, but we need to stress that like,
0: How demolition is, is fucking over. Yeah. Double team, clothesline to warlord. Axe hits barbarian and goes to attack Fuji, but barbarian comes in the ring and hits axe with a kick. Fuji's to- choking axe from the apron with his foot. Fuji tags in, gives some chops, and a falling headbutt to the groin of Axe. I was
1: surprised with how good Fuji looked. Fuji's actually a former tag team champion. Yeah, they, they, I think they say that in the commentary, but like yeah. he looked better than I expected in the ring.
0: He did. He did look good. A big boot, a flying shoulder tackle, and a slam from Barbarian who tags in Fuji. Fuji then climbs to the top rope and attempts a Fuji drop, but Axe moves.
1: That's ballsy, right?
0: Yeah. I ain't jumping off no top rope. Warlord's in, knocks Smash from the apron, power slams Axe, misses a clothesline, allows Axe to hit one of his own, and Axe makes it to the corner for the
1: hot tag. <laughs> okay, I thought we were doing it together.
0: Smash with the right hands, reversed Irish whip, sends Smash to the ropes, but Warlord ducks the head, so Smash gives a double axe handle. Barbarian is in, scoop slam city, clothesline by Smash, sends both powers of pain to the mat. Scoop
1: Slam City could be basically like 85 to like 91.
0: It's just Scoop Slam City. Pretty much. It's like, oh. We get a double-team rubber band slam to Warlord, but Barbarian makes the save on the pen attempt. Axe clotheslines Barbarian to the floor. Warlord grabs Smash from behind, and Fuji comes in the ring, grabbing for something from his trunks, and throws the salt, but Smash moves, and Warlord is blinded. Bum, bum, bum. We get a clothesline and a demolition decapitation to Fuji for the pin and the win. I like
1: how Fuji takes the pin.
0: I do too. That's funny. I mean, that's who their real beef is with. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah. In, I mean, Powers, powers of Pain is just... like,
1: oh, it's like, well, we have to compete. But I do love that. The... The, the
0: only issue I have mm-hmm. with that finish is that this is WrestleMania. And it should be the culmination of a feud. We always and say that, that,
1: but it's not always
0: the culmination of a feud. But it should be. It, yeah. Ideally. And the thing is, is the powers of pain can be like, well, we weren't pinned. Yeah. You didn't beat us. You beat mm-hmm. our manager. So it, they could have... But that's the thing, is that this is the end of the feud. Yeah, yeah. It was the culmination I of the I feud. I don't think it goes on. I think
1: and, At one point, I think one of them might have
0: a singles run... I mean, I know the powers of pain. Guys end up breaking up and doing a singles thing. Doesn't Ax
1: and Smash? Uh, I don't know. Well, don't we'll we'll get, we'll there. get there. But uh, I do love that uh, Ax and Smash come to the ring with like legit, like Mad Max, like Road Warrior, leather daddy, like masks on with like mm-hmm. spikes on them, yeah. and like you can't see their eyes or anything, and they seriously look like oh, uh, like Master Blaster or whatever. Or is it what's the name? doesn't matter. I love uh, the first two movies, but I was just like, oh, this is, this shit is fucking pretty weird. Because <laughs> like the Road Warriors just kind of look like badasses, but when and like but when Demo- Demolition comes out there, at first they look like Kiss, but then they start wearing like more leather and more spikes, and then they just kind of look like some BDSM shit, and it's fucking hilarious. But I am a big, I do like Ax a lot. I think, I think that he's got a good presence. Not the greatest wrestler, but as a brawler, I think he has a good presence.
0: We then go to the back. Tony Schiavone's outside the locker room of Macho Man. And Savage yells at him, telling him, no, interviews, and slams the door. Does his best, Taz. And I don't mean the wrestler. I mean the cartoon character oh, impression. Yeah?
1: What does that sound like?
0: Get out of here. I don't <laughs> want an interview.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry if we put you on the spot.
0: We then been head try, to our they were trying all day, though. Match. They've been trying all day. Oh. We then head to our seventh match. We got Dino Bravo with Frenchy Martin versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin.
1: Well, I was so surprised that this match was this deep into the
0: show. I mean, they need a pee break somewhere.
1: Yeah, 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 they do. Uh, and the Dino like weightlifting thing is still played over commentary. It's still brought up, and I'm just. And like, it's like that was like four years ago, guys. That was like WrestleMania three. it's III.
0: been only like fifteen months. Is that it? But it's it feels like, like forever. It feels forever.
1: And honestly, I think Dino looks really good here. Like, I think body wise, he looks a little bit better than he has. He's like less yeah, bloated. I, I He's more cut. I agree. He almost looks like a different guy.
0: Finkel, like both men are in the ring. And then Finkel announces Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who comes down to the ring, and murders waves work. to the crowd, and then leaves. Yeah, and I was like, I guess they didn't have much confidence in this match to get over on its own.
1: You know what's really upsetting is like Snuka looks so lost behind his eyes
0: because he probably is.
1: Did you see? Uh, it's on Amazon now. I know we talked about it, but have you seen Three Sixty Five or Three Hundred and Sixty Days? I have not yet. It's on there, and, like, there is some really, really good stuff. But, yeah, there's, like, some stuff where it's, like, they don't play it up for heartbreaking, but it just is because it's, like, a raw-ass interview with some people. It's hard to feel bad for Snooka because I think I believe the hype. So, (laughs) like, yeah, so it's hard to feel bad for him, but he's, like, obviously not all there. And it's, like, they have a Snooka interview from, like, a couple of years ago. That's crazy.
0: So the match starts and Bravo hits a forearm smash from behind, a scoop slam, elbow drop, and more forearm smashes, a clothesline, and a bear hug to start the match off strong. Dino Irish whips Garvin, Ronnie goes to leapfrog, but Bravo catches him. That's good shit. Garvin's punching away, causing Dino to fall over with Ronnie on top. We get a splash in the middle of the ring, chops, head slams, and turnbuckles from Garvin, and a jackknife pin attempt for a two count by Ronnie. Garvin locks on the sleeper, but Bravo easily makes it to the ropes. Ronnie looks to hit a pile driver, but Dino with the back body drop. But Garvin holds on to make it to turn it into a sunset flip for a two count. Mounted punches in the corner by Ronnie until an inverted atomic drop by Bravo to escape. And then Dino hits the sidewalk slam for the pin
1: and Dino. the win.
0: Post match, Garvin attacks from behind, knocking Bravo from the ring. Frenchie Martin comes in, looks to hit Ronnie with his flag, but Garvin punches with a hand of stone to knock him down and follows with the Garvin stop. To
1: be honest, this match is not that bad. It's just that you don't care about either of them.
0: Well, it's almost like Garvin went in trying and Dino didn't give a shit one bit. No, because, well, Dino. Neither does anybody in this crowd. Yeah. But it's not terrible. I mean, I think Garvin does a good job of yeah. trying to do something, but and it's short I enough. I don't, but like yeah, Garvin, but I personally
1: so. don't care. But yeah, I mean, Dino got his in the end. Unfortunately, you know that story?
0: No, I have not got to that point yet.
1: Basically, got murdered in his home doing like some Canada mob stuff. And nice. It was probably an inside job from other like mob members after he left.
0: Interesting. That's more interesting than this match.
1: Unfortunately, yes, uh, yeah, he didn't. He probably didn't deserve to die. Most um, no, likely,
0: no one ever deserves.
1: I mean, you know, like die. if you killed my mom, then you deserve to die. But Dino you know, Bravo didn't probably didn't kill anybody's mom. No, probably, he probably didn't. just sold some bootleg cigarettes.
0: But this would be the last time we see Frenchie Martin. Thank God. I don't hate Frenchie, but I don't need him. And we're off to our eighth match. We got the brainbusters of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. <sighs> the brain, like,
1: big ups to the brainbusters. That's all I got. It like
0: raise those four fingers those, in tribute.
1: Real shit, like, so good in the NWA, but I feel like here that they're shining so much more. You think so? I think that some. I think
0: they're not getting the spotlight that I no, would put no, on them.
1: No, I'm saying, I'm saying like match quality wise, like you know, as far as what the company feels about them different but like i think that like in ring they're not at the top
0: but they're they're better teams to have matches with
1: yeah like well no i think that they're performing better inside of the ring on a bigger stage i don't i'm not saying that they're doing the best with what they have here where there's like no way that they would get this kind of like production this kind of shine i feel like they're rising to the occasion of being in front of this 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 amount of people This is more people, so I feel like that they're like they've had the talent, and here they like in this, like, you know, year and a half, two year run they have in the WWF, they are actually putting it in for the best. Of course, also, they're going against Strike Force, motherfucker. Yeah,
0: the Brain Busters do have Bobby the Brain Heenan in their corner, of course, versus Strike Force of Rick Martell and Tito Santana. And this was is, this is actually their first match back together as Rick Martell had come had been injured at yeah. the previous year's WrestleMania. And so they hadn't tagged together that often since he came back from injury. He was in the Royal Rumble,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they hadn't tagged really. So the match starts and we see Tully tossing Martell to the ropes. Aaron gets a knee up from the apron to hit Rick in the back. Martell firing back in the corner, hitting both of the brain busters, and all four men are in the ring brawling. We get stereo Irish whips into stereo drop kicks from Strike Force. Arn Irish whips Martell, ducks his head, and Rick slams his head into the mat. Martell and Anderson with a feat of strength while Arn is on his back. Rick goes for a double knee strike, but Anderson catches him with the body scissors. Martell turns Arn over into a Boston crab, but Tully gives an eye rake, break the hold. This is all good shit. So good. Martel makes a blind tag and Tito comes in to give a bulldog to Blanchard. Santana locks on the figure four and Martel jumps in the ring to stop Arn from breaking it up and ends up putting Anderson into a figure four as well. But Arn is close enough for an I rake to break up the Santana hold. Hit toss by Tully reversed into a head scissors by Tito, reversed into a jackknife pin from Blanchard, Bridged out by Santana Jesus into Christ. a backslide pin, but Arn breaks it up.
1: Like the like the mix up of like big guys doing quick shit, and like it's like Arn is obviously the least.
0: Arn's the biggest guy in this in this ring, and he's like
1: the least uh, the least like agile. But like they still play to that in like the in the in the most wonderful way. Like everybody, it's it's such a smart match.
0: We get in and get a double-team Irish whip by the Brain Busters, and they both duck their head. Tito kicks Arn and rolls Tully up with a small package. Tully then lifts Santana up for an atomic drop, but Tito is able to make the blind tag to Martel and comes off the ropes for a forearm smash, but Blanchard moves, so Rick takes the brunt of the blow, sending him to the floor. Tully with a drop kick and the Brain Busters with quick tags working over Tito. Martell's finally up on the outside. He's very upset, hitting the apron in anger. Santana reverses an Irish whip to send Tully into a knee from Arn. Tito with a sunset flip after Anderson tosses him to the ropes, but Arne lands close enough to tag Blanchard in. Tully tosses Santana to the corner where Tito jumps up to the second rope and comes off with a crossbody. Chico reverses an <laughs> Irish whip but charges into a knee from Arn. Anderson goes up to the top rope himself, but Santana with the press slam.
1: Aren't Anderson on the top rope.
0: Crazy. I think it was a little hey flair. <laughs> Tito's crawling to the corner to make a tag, but Martel drops off the apron and walks away to the back. Oh it's bullshit. Crowd is booing Martell for good reason relentlessly. I booed I booed him in my living room. Arn starts working over Santana, taunting him, telling him to make a tag. Where's your partner? Where's your partner? Before giving him a spine bust- buster. God damn! Tito Ugh. firing back in the corner with punches to both brainbusters, reverses an Irish whip, follows in with a Bunky flip. But Tully holds on to the ropes. Brainbusters then hit a spike, pile driver.
1: Ugh! It's nasty.
0: For the pin.
1: And no win. That spike pile driver is kind of pretty close to perfect, right?
0: So good. <laughs> I love a good spike pile driver.
1: I feel like, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen very many.
0: This match was like, you kind of can break it down almost into three. It's a three-act story in this yeah. match. You have Strike Force mm-hmm. showing super athletic stuff at the very beginning of the match, them being completely overpowered. Then they're starting to be overpowered, and they get the kind the, of the
1: hot tag. Yeah, the, like, at, but the, the mis- athleticism.
0: Com- but the miscommunication knocks Martel down, mm-hmm. and Martel gets all mad. And then once Martel leaves, the Brain Busters start like, oh, just destroying Tito yeah. completely.
1: They are the Brain Busters. Like, we are going to scramble your shit. Exactly. We're going to ruin you.
0: And it was su- such a... Good tag match, completely, and it was and then, like We've had it like, was used as a storytelling match, yeah,
1: which you don't like. I mean, there's it's storytelling more on the like AWA side, but done it in a in a crisp WWF fashion.
0: But the work is so good. But so yeah,
1: well, the work rate is out of this world, and there's like a. I would say the tag matches on the show
0: are some of the better matches on the show.
1: Exactly. And this might, this is pro- probably the best tag match on the show. Uh, it's, it's up there exactly. as one
0: of my favorite match, matches on the show. Yeah. We then go to the back, Mean Jeans, there with Rick Martell. And Jeans giving Rick the business about leaving. Martel For good says, reason. Fuck him. Martell says, he just got what he deserved. He's tired of carrying him around. And Tito's riding my coattails. Yeah, because you know what name comes first? In my mind, Uh, Tito, as he was a former Intercontinental Champion. It's like, yeah, it's
1: like, who, like, chill, Rick Martel. We all think Tito first. Sorry, bud.
0: Exactly. We like you. We go back out to Gorilla and Jesse, and they're reviewing the Martel Santana issue. And Gorilla says, you settle your differences outside the ring. That's the law. And Jesse, laws are are meant meant to to be be broken. broken. God, I love Jesse Ventura so much. Howard Finkel then announces a special attraction for WrestleMania Five. What could it possibly be? Piper's Pit. It's Piper's fucking pit. And Finkel's like building up Piper. Mm-hmm. Now goes to announcing. The door opens. Brother Love comes out wearing a kill. I lo- just because I love you. And Love says he has a special guest. He has brother Rodney. And he starts talking to an empty chair. He does,
1: and he does an impersonation, like he's like playing both characters. Yeah, love
0: then switches seats and starts impersonating Piper.
1: And I thought that Piper was—I thought we wouldn't see any Piper after that. I was like,
0: "What? What the fuck is this?" I know the crowd keeps like looking around, like is, is he gonna run in? Well,
1: they, he gets heavy booze for sure, but he's like loves he's,
0: getting booze. Piper we got Piper chance, but he's getting like like it's like real real heat for real brother love. Finkel then announces Morton Downey Jr. Who
1: I'm not familiar with because I'm like two and a half years old when this show show happens. So Mort- but he's basically like early Jerry Springer.
0: He's a pioneer of the trash TV format. Think Bill O'Reilly crossed with Jerry Springer. Yeah. So it's very... He had a lot of political people on his show. And he's like chain smoking this whole time. Chain smoking the entire time. Well, like
1: uh, like his show... Like I mean, I remember... Maury, and... Who's the guy that we just said? Jerry Springer. And Springer, and, like, even, like, I, I honestly, personally view... Well, spoiler alert, a friend of ours will say her name, but even, like, like Oprah and shit like that is all kind of, like, trashy. One's more on, the, like, the trashy side, but it's all very, like, there to exploit people.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, one is with the you know we won't we won't dissect it but you know oprah's bullshit and uh so is howard stern but at least howard stern's entertaining
0: so brother love and morton start insulting each other in the ring and then finkel announces piper again and this time roddy makes his way to the ring and
1: like he has like he looks so happy and he's like trying to kind of hold it back his hair looks amazing. He has like the nicest hair, the nicest Roddy hair of all time.
0: I was like, last time we Why saw is... him, he had the short hair. No, and I was like, yeah, that is a good locks of hair. No, he looks
1: him. He looks. Challenges like just
0: Tanahashi for best hair. Ever, it's up right there.
1: there? Fucking. He's. He looks. He like Roddy. Seriously, looks like so good here.
0: Piper then comes in the ring, confronts Love, and every time Love is about to say something, Piper just rips the mic away. Piper kills. This segment
1: in a good way, not in a negative way. He like, he seriously like steals it.
0: Love says, You can't scare me. Yeah, he does, that yeah. And the Piper, like, just like jumps oh, yeah. at him with the jump scare. He, does, he basically
1: does like a boo in his face and he like runs to the corner and he sells it
0: very well. Loved and's like, I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover. lover yeah. Downey's over in the. He's just, just in the corner, like, chain-smoking. Throwing cigarettes at the two of them from yeah. behind. He's just looking like a piece of shit. Brother Love goes to pick up Piper's kilt, which is big. Well, the thing no-no. is, like, he makes
1: a big joke about it. He's like, ah, oh. like, that's not a kilt. That's a dress. Like, look at your cute little knees. And he, like, makes fun of his gut, makes fun of him being fat, says there's, like, nothing under his kilt. Like, he really fucking digs into him. But Piper tells him Piper kills I'll it. bite
0: your face if you do that when he tries to <laughs> lift the kilt. Piper then rips the kilt off of Brother Love to expose him in his underwear and Love takes off running back up the ramp.
1: And it takes a while because like the ramp to the back from this it venue is, is like half a goddamned mile.
0: So Downey, like we said, he's chain smoking, and he starts blowing the smoke into Piper's face, and continues to do, do so even after and Piper's like Piper keeps and not, not to.
1: This kind of goes on a
0: little too long. Yes, it, I feel like this should it have becomes happened. Very uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, because it's it's kind of it just gets kind of bad. It's like Piper is doing fine. It's just too long of a segment. Yeah. I feel like this should have happened first, or like in between the like brother love thing. Like if. Brother Love starts this thing with uh, Downey Jr. or Morton Downey Jr. and then Piper comes out and then Piper scares away. It would have
0: just been better with one of them. Yeah, like having yeah. Having both of but them then, like, made this. But waste. even there,
1: like where it's like the three of them and then like Brother Love, like and Piper both like go in on Downey Jr. Yeah. to like scare him off and then it becomes there too because like what they did together was very very good but then when you get when brother love leaves and it's the Downey jr thing it just kind of gets like you said very awkward and it's kind of unnecessary and you don't to, really get a
0: payoff from it outside any, of
1: like roddy performing well
0: there's like your mom jokes that are mm-hmm. made jokes about a uh, joke about warts wart hogs, and yeah. homeless girlfriends yeah that, like, i mean
1: it's all very like supposed to be like shock shock radio stuff but it just doesn't really land because it's too late. It's like, um, we spend too much time here. Like, this is like 30 minutes, and it should have been fucking 15. Downey
0: compares Piper to a transvestite who was on a show because he liked to wear skirts. And yeah, like... it's like it's, all... It's stuff like this, and like every every time after something And happens, the crowd is not into it. It's definitely more for the television audience. Piper just keeps telling Downey not to blow smoke in his... Finally, Piper asks for a cigarette, and a. Downey's lighting one up for him. Roddy lifts one of the chairs, and there's a fire extinguisher under it. And as Downey turns to give the cigarette to Piper, Piper fires, fucking, his, fires it right into his face yeah. with the extinguisher. And
1: that should have been five minutes instead of like ten. 10 Less than 12, five. Yeah, it should have been like, like a few minutes. Like I, he should have just blown the. Blew, I would the have been okay with not
0: having brother love in this segment.
1: Oh well, brother love. Brother love is the important part of this because. Brother Love's show is the same
0: as but, Piper's pit. But the moment is the fire extinguisher in Downey's face, and if you have that in the middle of the segment, it mm, yeah, I think they just got it. And then I mean, you, and then yeah. you go to Brother Love. It's like it doesn't make a whole lot. It of is
1: goodness, fun, so. but like the good stuff here for me personally is like the him and Piper and Brother Love is very. good. I really think it's and they play off need each other well. One or the other. Yeah, you don't yeah. need both of them. I think there might be a way to pull them both off, but too little, you know. It's it's obviously. Too late now by like fucking a very long time, but they're like it's it's entertaining enough and it for a long show because so the beginning of the show I think that Grilla says a seven hour show and I was on you know I'm watching this way after the fact thirty years after the fact and it's like you know almost, how long it's gonna it's be. almost four hours long but it's like seven hours and it's like I watched a seven hour WrestleMania. It was fun with friends by myself. Not so fun. Not so much fun.
0: So then Gorilla sends us to Mean Gene in the back for some very exciting news. Hogan's starring in a movie called No Holds Barred.
1: I couldn't believe that this was that. I didn't realize No Holds Barred was that early. I I thought No Holds Barred was like, maybe like 91 or 92. I guess 89. It could come out later. I don't know when.
0: So we get a sneak preview trailer of the movie. And Gene says it's gonna be a blockbuster. Uh,
1: which is not true. But to be honest, uh, I am very excited to watch
0: this because we plan on covering it. So No Holds was released on pay-per-view. So we thought, what better than to release that episode on Christmas Day Well, there's year. also like, the, isn't there a
1: pay-per-view? It's like the match.
0: It in also Korea. includes, the, they also included the match, one of the matches between... Hogan and A Tiny and, Lester and and Zeus. Zeus with it Zeus, But his movie well. looks absolutely amazing. It so looks absolutely have, terrible. So that's our Christmas present to you. Yeah. Is we will be covering that movie. We then have Sean Mooney interviewing Donald Trump at ringside. And who really cares what they say. They don't really say anything at all. Pretty much. And then we go back to Grill and Jesse. Jesse is heated about Hogan going to Hollywood. Of course he is. He's only doing it because he's losing to Macho Man. Yeah. And Hollywood's not big enough for the two of us. Of course it's not. Look at those big boys. I'll give him a job. He can drive my limo.
1: Has Hogan been in a movie better than Predator? Uh, Rocky? Rocky Three is not better than Predator. Mm. And I'm a big Rocky fan.
0: Mm. Predator is way better than Rocky Three, And I love... If it had been like Rocky Five, maybe I'd agree with you. But I like Rocky Five. I'm anti that play, Tommy Morrison. Or is that yeah. Rocky Six? No, that's five. Okay. Make sure six right is
1: uh, Balboa. Okay. But my my Rocky thing, like my least favorite, is probably four, because I didn't grow up with it. So me watching it more recently, but watching them all, like that's the one that I'm least entertained by. Opinions. I think everyone no th- has one. Yeah. And I'm a big asshole.
0: But Jesse stomps off. And then Gorilla starts reviewing the matches we've seen so far. But Jesse comes back and will stay because they're paying him good money.
1: Of course they are. He was in Predator. He made the pussy jokes in Predator.
0: We then go to a video package of the Mega Powers. And we get me- WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Savage winning the title.
1: Dude, Liz Tears. Liz Tears turned me into a, like, eggshell. Like, my skin turns into, like, fucking, like, paper mache And I just melt for him winning the belt and holding Liz on his shoulder is like, ah, uh, it's, it's too much. I can't take it.
0: SummerSlam 88, Savage makes Jesse make the three count. Which
1: is also a great moment.
0: Exactly. Survivor Series 88, Hogan's tagged in after being handcuffed to help win the match for the Mega Powers. Then we got Saturday Night Main Event, Twin Towers has Elizabeth handcuffed. The macho comes running down to clear the ring with a chair. An episode of Superstars, the towers are beating on Savage, but Hogan comes down and makes a save. Main event two, Macho's thrown into Elizabeth on God the outside. Damn. Hulk ends up carrying her to the back to seek medical attention. And then Savage slaps and confronts Hogan in the back.
1: And then we get that's when we get the the, like Hogan running through the halls where it's like he's like choking out other talent and stuff yeah, and like yelling at him. And it's I feel like that's like one of the early like backstage like it's one of the first
0: backstage things. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like let's make it extra real. So then we go to Hogan and Mean Gene in the back and Gene states it's been quite a year. It has. That's that's an understatement. Mean Gene. Hulk says, as the powers come together, the mania was always ahead of the madness.
1: Yeah, it's a fucking great quote. He couldn't believe it. He should have seen it coming.
0: The prayers, the training, and the vitamins. Macho was eaten alive by the jealousy. And what really tore us apart was the way he was so jealous of the Hulkamania. He's not a believer in the Three Commandments. He's a cheap shot artist. I actually really like this promo No it's
1: very very good It's super good And you know what makes it good Is that Or what makes it as good as it is Is that Macho delivers on it It's like that's why like You can say those things But if somebody doesn't Do those things for you Then you were just Like yelling at the wind And we're headed
0: to our ninth match Andre the Giant With Bobby the Brain Heenan Versus Jake the Snake Roberts With Damien With Damien with Big John Stud as the special guest referee.
1: Yeah, I feel like nobody really cared that he was a special guest referee, but they kind of uh, you know, they didn't announce it until he came down. He got his
0: own entrance. So Stud's music's playing as he makes his way to the ring and we see some of the crowd just grooving along with it. Yeah, totally. Andre's arguing with Stud before the match starts. As gotta, why would
1: you don't don't argue with the ref?
0: I know, right? But that's the before reason. The why I, before the match? Before no. the match. Yeah. Giant grabs Roberts and slams his head on the turnbuckle. Wait, there's no pad there. The steel ring's exposed. What happened here?
1: Bobby Heenan with his, with his Kevin Sullivan magic.
0: Andre's working over the snake with big hands and chokeholds. Giant's sitting and stomping on Roberts. The snake starts firing back with right hands, kicks a clothesline that ties Andre up in the ropes. Robert's choking the giant, goes to grab Damien, but Stud stops him.
1: And this is all with like five minutes of Andre choking <laughs> the yeah. snake first. It's just like, yeah, he just chokes the shit out of him.
0: Andre finally gets loose from the ropes and catches the snake by the throat. <laughs> we get more chokeholds and headbutts by the giant. Andre's hitting shoulder tackles on Robert's in the exposed corner and accidentally headbutts the steel ring. The snake then gives a knee lift to the giant before slamming Andre's head into the exposed turnbuckle ring. The giant gives a big chop to send Roberts to the floor. And as Jake's climbing back up on the apron, Andre rams his entire body into the snake descending back to the floor. We get another headbutt to send Roberts off the apron again and now Stud and Andre are arguing. Jake goes to grab Damien but Stud stops him from bringing him into the ring. Andre then pushes Big John in the back, so Stud retaliates with a shove of his own. Now we see Robert's untying Damien's bag Mm -hmm. on the outside, when all of a sudden, Ted Ted DiBiase DiBiase and Virgil attacking from behind, and grab the bag. And he... Chases him, chases him down the snake. Chases him up the entryway after Million Dollar Man, while Andre and Big John are we get some getting Split at it. screen. I was so
1: surprised by the split
0: screen. And we see Andre choking and headbutting Stud in the ring. It's like that's the ref. You can't do that. Jake Bells gets the ring. Jake gets Damian back and then tosses him into the ring to help save Stud as Andre high it out of the ring. And Stud raises Robert's arm, who won by DQ. He does he win by
1: DQ, or do they both lose? Is it a draw by DQ?
0: He wins by DQ because Stud uh, DQs Andre for attacking him. For attacking him. him. Okay, you're right. This was not a good match.
1: No, but uh, like they needed Andre on the card. Andre couldn't do much. I think Jake did his job well.
0: Here's my problem with this match. They used it to basically set up. Each person's next feud, because Roberts goes on to feud with DiBiase. Yeah. Stud and Andre were supposed to feud, calling back to their WrestleMania one yeah. feud that they had been ha- that they had, but this time as Stud as a as the face and Andre as the heel when it was the opposite at WrestleMania one. Stud gets hurt again, basically, and so that ha- never happens. Also, Andre is like not. But here's the thing. There. This. Andre-Jake feud has been going on since at least Survivor Series.
1: Well, I think that it might be because, like, Andre's, like, health is deteriorating and Jake is a wild card, so,
0: like... this They don't match up well at all.
1: No, but I think Jake does well with what he does, but he's also, like, him walking to the ring in this match... Is kind of weird and scary because he just looks like there's a spot he was where probably drunk. At this point. Well, be like yeah, like he's he's going through some shit, but it's, there's a part where it looks like he's like wiping his eyes for tears as he's walking to the ring, and it's like both these guys are both in a bad place, and I don't think that I think they did fine for what it is, but what it is is not good. not something that I'm interested in.
0: It was not good. Yeah. I, I was just I think it's once again. We should have seen the culmination of a feud. Yeah. And all we did was just break them off into other feuds. Well,
1: it's the wrestling business. You got to just keep it moving. It doesn't always work out. We always, we always uh, you know, nitpick it later, but sometimes you just have to get it done.
0: Yeah. And this feels like that. So then Sean Mooney's up in the cheap seats talking to fans of Roberts. Jake's the best. Yeah. And that's really about it. Uh, Tony Schiavone's in the locker room with Sensational Sherry, and she insults Robin singing, and I literally was like, is it a heel move if we all think it was bad?
1: I mean, we all think it was bad, but I thought it was kind of charming. But maybe I'm just... You think
0: Dogface Gremlin's charming. Fuck you. Sherry starts talking about Miss Elizabeth foreshadowing. That should upset you, right?
1: You're a Liz Stan I'm we're all Liz We're All Liz stands. How if you're not you, a Liz how, Stan, Yeah, then how can
0: you pro- get off my yeah,
1: line. Yeah. <laughs> how could you possibly like WWF at all without being a fan of Miss Elizabeth?
0: Go watch SummerSlam and tell me that you're not a Liz Stan.
1: I, I I just I think that she is one of the better like actors in general.
0: And as she's leaving, Sherry starts laughing about the mega powers exploding. Yeah, Sherry doesn't do shit. It's fine. And we're off to our 10th match. Greg the Hammer Valentine and Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart versus the Hart Foundation of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Match starts. Hitman with the schoolboy roll up on Honky Tonk Man after being tossed to the ropes for a quick two count to start the match. Followed by an atomic drop and then an inverted atomic drop.
1: Is there a reason for this match? match or is it just happening? Just kind just of happening. happening. Just kind like, of that's happening. the thing. That's well, the with thing. WrestleMania, is like, like you just got to put everybody on.
0: So, literally out of the 14 matches that are on this show... Oh, there's 14 of them. Jesus. There are maybe like four that actually have stories. Yeah. You have the tag team feud. Mm-hmm. You have the... IC feud. Yeah. You have the Jake and Andre feud and then you have the Mega Powers. And then there's one other match that actually has a story of some point. Yeah. I mean the rest it's... of them are just like hey guys, go put a match up.
1: I mean, yeah, like mean, we definitely get more of that with whenever like cable becomes a thing and stuff or becomes a bigger deal. Like, you can't, there's no rhyme or reason to the majority of, like, Attitude Era matches, so you can't really, like, talk shit here.
0: So Valentine gets tagged in, gets an inverted atomic drop, and a drop kick from Hart as well. Hammer is then ping-pong punched back and forth between the foundation. Brett tosses Valentine to the ropes, slingshots Neidhart to give a shoulder tackle.
1: Uh, I love the Neidhart slingshot, because it's like, he's way too big to be, like, flying over that
0: rope like that ventura has a great line here where he says i don't have coke bottle glasses on i got 2020 hearing <laughs>
1: yeah the 2020 hearing i popped for that it was so funny
0: the excellence of execution with a backbreaker and then misses a second rope elbow drop as the hammer moves valentine and honky start double teaming heart working him over We get a fireman's carry suplex and multiple elbow drops by Honky before Valentine comes off the second rope with an axe handle. Running elbow to the back of Hart's neck, an inverted atomic drop, and a headbutt to the gut by the hammer. Honky hits the shake, rattle, and roll, but tags in Valentine instead of making a cover. That's a bad idea. The hammer then goes to put the figure four on, but Hart tosses him off, but Valentine retaliates with a gut buster. Honky Irish Whips Hitman who ducks a clothesline and comes back with a crossbody. Hart tries for another schoolboy attempt, but Valentine blocks by holding onto the ropes. So Hitman leaps over to make the hot hot tag. tag. Neidhart in with a drop kick, shoulder block to Valentine, a drop kick to Honky Tonk Man, another shoulder block to Hammer for a cover, but Honky makes a save.
1: Those Neidhart drop kicks look pretty fucking amazing for how big he is. Much better than a dusty
0: dropkick. Well, I mean, yeah. That
1: goes without saying.
0: A reversed Irish whip by Valentine. Anvil ducks multiple clotheslines, turns, and delivers a lariat of his own for the cover. But again, Honky is there to make the save. Hart with a scoop slam, second rope, elbow drop, head slammed into the turnbuckle, and a vertical suplex to Honky Tonk for a cover. But Valentine makes the save. Hammer also would knock Anvil off the apron before the ref walked him back to his corner. Nightheart then starts chasing Jimmy Hart around the outside, but stops when he sees the megaphone just sitting there. <laughs> Tosses it into Brett, who hits Honky with it. Faces doing, doing heel, heel shit. shit. And Hitman makes the cover for the pin and, and the win. Uh,
1: it's fun because it's such a quick ending. It's like, oh, let's all get our shit in and then we're going to have this quick ending that's totally kind of fine like you can't really get mad at this i'm not mad at it no it's fine because it didn't
0: because you know jimmy hart's gonna throw that megaphone into honky tonk at some point well and even like the faces doing heel shit it's like we've had
1: like after that last after so many matches where there's like draws or fucked finishes at least here it's definite and it's like oh well this is nice it's crisp we got a bunch of cool moves we got a bunch of guys looking. All everybody looked good, and somebody won with nefarious means,
0: but it was the face. I like it. It's good. It's fun. We then get footage of the super pose down from the Royal Rumble between Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude. Basically, they're both doing posing, and then yeah, Rude yeah. attacks him with a steel bar.
1: We talked about this. Go back. He's got like the weird, like it's like the like the arm version of the
0: Thigh Master. Yeah. <laughs> We then go to our eleventh match. We got Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan his like, Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental Championship.
1: Like Rick Rude comes down and he's like, "Like I need to be quiet. Everybody be quiet." Like Bobby Heenan has the microphone. He says, "Everybody be quiet," so you can watch me take my fucking shit off because I'm the sexiest man on the planet. And they like zoom in on a bunch of like hot chicks with big hair and they're all excited. They and are super excited. And uh, yeah. And it happens, and he has the... We all know Rick Rude has been, like, what is it? Not spray painting. uh, Airbrushing. Airbrushing things onto his pants for years now. But this time, he has the IC belt already on the front. front, And then he has the warrior on the back back. of his ass, and it is great. It looks so much better than his yellow and brown doo-doo pants.
0: (laughs) As soon as Warrior gets in the ring, he goes for a clothesline, but Rude ducks and kicks Warrior right in the title belt, which hurts his leg. Right
1: in the title belt? I can't believe you kicked me.
0: Warrior then uses his power, just flinging Rude into the corners. Warrior locks on a bear hug, and Rude is fading, but finally escapes with an eye rake. Rude comes off the top rope with a missile drop kick, goes for a cover, but Warrior immediately tosses the ravishing one off.
1: Those missile... So many... There's like five or six... Maybe missile drop kicks on this show? Yeah. That all look like they ended
0: somebody's life. Well, they are a missile. <laughs> Multiple scoop slams and Warrior slaps on the bear hug once again. Gorilla calls out Heenan for reaching into his pocket on the outside. Yeah. That was that was weird because then the whole match I was just like waiting. I, like, I know. This? I kept waiting for, uh-huh. for Heenan to do something. Warrior biting... Rude, and then delivers a big back body drop, goes for a warrior splash. Face is doing heel shit. He, he's biting his face. I know. And the But the warrior, but the ravishing one, gets his knees up. Rude hits a pile driver, a jawbreaker, does a little dancing, but his, yeah. his back's kind of hurt. So yeah, he, yeah,
1: he's still selling his back, for sure. So he can't, from the bear can't do a
0: whole lot of dancing, and hits a clothesline to warrior for a near fall. A Russian leg sweep, and then a surfboard by Rude, but warrior... Makes his way to the ropes and begins to ultimate up.
1: Is that when he like shakes the ropes and looks yeah, like an asshole? Shaking what, the ropes to get. What's, you
0: know, what's the surfboard? What's the surfboard? It's when he's like he has his arms. Oh, and his Oh yeah, I mean it's a it's a one where he's sitting on the ring like usually yeah the surfboard. They usually like, yeah lift yeah in the air. But I just
1: didn't know what the name of that move was. Kind of but mood. like yeah, it's like where they stretch the arms back like that. Yeah. I like that. It looks very good, especially in this era. Yeah. But I didn't know, like when I wrote it, it was like arm stretch. I was like, but yeah, he said surfboard. I was like, that. I was like, what is that exactly? But yeah, he does
0: ultimate, ultimate up. up. Why not? Sure, why not? If Hulk is hulking up, why yeah. not? Flying tackle, multiple face plants, a backbreaker. But when Warrior tries to lift him back up, he clumsily drops him into the ropes. Those face plants where he just like, seriously just like throws, yeah, throws his him. face into the mat. Warrior then gives the clothesline and begins tossing Rude into turnbuckles once again. Warrior goes for a splash in the corner, but the Ravishing One moves. Hell yeah. Rude grabs Warrior for a rude awakening, but Warrior powers out and hits multiple clotheslines that end up with Rude on the outside. Warrior with a vertical suplex to bring the Ravishing One back into the ring, but Heenan grabs his boot, so Rude falls on top of Warrior for the pin... And the win. And new! This finish rules. Post-match, Warrior stalking Heenan around the outside of the ring. And as Heenan rolls into the ring, Rude rolls out, not giving a shit about his manager. Why would he? Fuck it. Heads back to the locker room. Warrior finally catches Heenan, lifts him up with a gorilla press slam. It doesn't look as good as it should. And it does not it's look really good. good. And but it Heenan happened. is not. Is hurt. I imagine so. This was Warrior's first pinfall
1: loss. Fuck yeah! I'm so glad that he lost to Rick
0: Rude. And it would also be Heenan's first gold. Like he's been managing all these people all this, In this time, time. and, it's the and pr- this is the first really? championship belt that one of his guys has won. Holy shit! That's brutal. Yeah. This match but is WWF good. doesn't like putting belts on the heel they, man. No, they definitely do not.
1: This match is good and Rick Rude kinda rules.
0: Rick Rude is really good. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's really fucking good. And I like him a lot. And this I this finish, do you like this finish?
0: I do like this finish. Okay. It, because It, it protected it, Ultimate Warrior.
1: It protected Ultimate Warrior, but it was very you knew exactly what happened when it happened. Yeah. It was like the it was the like television product was produced. Well enough, and this was timed well enough. That, Camera's like, right in the perfect spot. Right in the spot, like they they killed they they did what they needed to do, and it was good. Exactly. So you, no matter how you feel about it, you can't say it was like oh well that was just bad or stupid. It's
0: like no, that was good. Headed off to our twelfth match. We got Bad News Brown versus Michael's favorite hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, Brown attacks right as hacksaw gets in the ring. Bad news with an Irish whip charges in, but Duggan moves, causing Brown to hit his shoulder on the turnbuckle.
1: Bad news looks so mean on his like very very. Everybody has such long walks to the ring. He's delivering and bad news, and everybody's like trying to like trying to touch him, and he's just like not have. There's one spot he's where not he's like having any like, of yeah, like the the like hands like near his body or whatever. But there's a spot where somebody like tries to touch his head, and he's just like. But he looks so fucking mean.
0: Duggan starts firing back with right hands and a clothesline. Brown rolls out of the ring, starts heading up the entryway, but decides against it. Yeah, he's got to get the win in. Duggan helps Bad News back into the ring by slingshotting him. Which should not be possible. I mean, they're both pretty big
1: guys, but the bat- Bad News as they heal this early in the match, I was like, I don't believe that. Granted, I'm watching wrestling, so like, fuck me, I guess, but still.
0: <laughs> Tossing Brown to the ropes, Duggan drops his head, and Bad News hits him with a punch to the neck. Brown then slams Hacksaw's head on the turnbuckle, a headbutt, a few more punches, another couple head slams into the turnbuckles, but Duggan no-sells the last one. Fuck that. The two men start trading punches until a bad news headbutt sends Hacksaw rolling to the floor. Duggan's thrown into the ring post, shoulder first, but Brown rolls him back into the ring to hit the ghetto blaster. The Hacksaw ducks.
1: Uh, he doesn't even sell the- like, we've seen like three ghetto blasters- And the first one was pretty bad.
0: Second one was really good. Second one was
1: really good. And this one, like, it's not actually a ghetto blaster, and he knew that too. It's really great when somebody goes to do a big move and they actually follow through with it.
0: Because then it looks better. Duggan with a ho! Get out of Get the fuck out of here. Sets up for the three-point stance and hits the clothesline, but it sends Brown to the floor. Bad news then grabs a chair and brings it into the ring with him. Hacksaw ding, grabs ding, his ding. two x four and we get a lightsaber fight between chair and piece of wood. Oh a lightsaber fight? It's a two x four in the chair. It's
1: a it's a man off.
0: The ref calls for the bell and both men have been DQ'd. Post match I mean they're they're
1: actually fighting with the
0: Yeah. Yeah, like they're
1: they're hitting their the chair against the two x four.
0: Post match the two men continue to brawl until Duggan gives an atomic drop in a 2x4 aided clothesline to send bad news from the ring.
1: It's kind of nasty cuz like he has the 2x4 like in front of him, both hands on the end of it and seriously just like pushes him over the top rope yeah. with it. It's a it yeah, it's a clothesline but it's not really a clothesline. It is because it's at his neck or whatever, yeah. but it's like
0: he just pushes, pushes yeah, him with the 2x4, yeah. Yeah, forward, but it looks good. We then see Hacksaw posing and I don't know if you heard it. But oh Jesse, no! Yeah,
1: Jesse and and Grill is like, Ugh, like that's never happened to you. Blah blah blah. Because he has a booger hanging out the nose. Yeah, of course you're breathing hard. You're working hard. Like it's gonna happen. It's fine. Disgusting. He didn't shit. Him. It was gross, but you know I'm not mad about it. I didn't
0: like it. So Mean Gene's now in the back with Red Rooster, and Rooster says, "I'm gonna teach Bobby Heenan how to lose." And then he crows like a rooster. I can't do like he does like like I thought it was a really bad crow like a rooster.
1: I mean I'm not good at it. I don't think that I can do it, but he does like the like the head he peck thing. The head thing yeah. yeah. It's like he, yeah.
0: He sells the gimmick. He gets into it.
1: He really does and like he deserves the big ups for it, but poor red Rooster because he's not a bad wrestler. He's just got he's a bad gimmick.
0: So our thirteenth match of the night, we got Bobby the brain heenan with the Brooklyn Brawler who is isn't... he's not supposed to
1: be there. It's supposed I mean, to be it's supposed to be Bobby versus the Red Rooster and then Brooklyn Brawler falls follows him out to the ring. Granted he has him there but it's not on the books.
0: So the story behind so, this
1: Okay, if the heel needs a manager, then if the heel manag- the if the manager who only manages heels is wrestling does he need a heel wrestler to manage him? Is that how this works? Is that why Brooklyn Brawler's... That's why Yeah, it's just so funny.
0: Story behind this match. It's actually one of the few matches on this show that actually has a a little bit of a story. Heenan had gotten sick of Rooster losing all the time and started to berate him until the Rooster fired him. Heenan would then hire Steve Lombardi and they would give him the Brooklyn Brawler gimmick to prove he could turn anyone into a star. Hey, you know who the Brooklyn Brawler is. I know who the Brooklyn Brawler is. I think he kind of is a star. <laughs> he he doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah. But we all know who he is.
1: He he looks great here. The red rooster with his like tiny tiny little red mohawk thing.
0: Yes. It's just
1: so fucking weird. He really does sell the gimmick better than most people sell gimmicks.
0: Heenan is obviously still hurt from the warrior press slam earlier so he's oh yeah, coming down to the ring all He's selling it. Selling it. Heenan, as soon as the match starts, trying to get away, but Rooster grabs him and slams his head into the turnbuckle multiple times. Irish Whips Heenan to the opposite corner. The Brain then reverses an Irish Whip, charges in, but the Rooster moves and Heenan goes shoulder first into the ring post. Posted! And and Rooster makes the cover for the pin and And the the win. win. Post-match, Brawler jumps in the ring to attack Rooster with a slam and kicks before... They just decide to leave. I've decided this was 31 seconds of our life taken from us.
1: It kind of... I mean, like, the Red Rooster promo is better than the rest of it It's nice to see kind of, like, Bobby get in
0: there, but it's, it's I mean, too fast to be it's a Break. match. It, yeah, it's not even long enough to be a break match. And, like, match, Brawler doesn't so. really do anything. So I found that this match was originally booked to go five minutes. So this, this was originally... Oh, that's a bad idea. And I couldn't find if it was because Heenan actually legitimately got hurt or if they were actually running short on time.
1: They're probably running short on time. I imagine that the uh, the Roddy segment went way too long. Because it felt probably. I'm at like That's where it's at.
0: Like That was way too long. But here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. actually a doink match. Sure, Rooster won in 31 seconds. And it's a squash match. Yeah. And he should be the manager. Mm-hmm. But he won by Heenan going shoulder first into a ring post. Yeah. And not an actual wrestling move. So did this actually help Rooster at all?
1: Well, no, but they weren't trying to help Rooster anyway because they're fucking jerks. Because they called him the Red Fucking Rooster. I'm Just, with you. Uh, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. It is it, it's, it is what it is, baby. Yeah.
0: We then go to the back mean jeans there with Miss Elizabeth, and she tells us she's going to be in a neutral corner, mm-hmm. but she will continue to support mm-hmm. both men. Of course. But she looks so sad. She looks so sad and confused so, to what uh, to like, do. It's really
1: upsetting, because like, she's the best... A little tear popped she's the, up in my she's eye. She's the best actor, maybe of all time, on the w- in the WWE. Like, holy shit. Like, nothing makes me feel stuff like Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth makes me feel stuff just emotionally where i'm like Ugh.
0: i agree completely it's it's, it's crazy so like good.
1: her the way that she just doesn't say anything and
0: makes you feel multiple things without a word many many things it's acting it's good we then get tony Schiavone in the dressing room where no one is because they all want to see the mega powers explode of
1: course they do there is maybe it's about to happen is there a, a promo no there is I think it's. I it was in the the Hulk promo where he talks about how they had seismologists come out and check the foundation because all the Hulkamaniacs and the whole world's gonna fucking like basically create
0: a like earthquake because this match is so big and it was pretty funny. Sean Mooney is then with people in the crowd asking them who's gonna win, and it's. Mostly Hogan. I think There's, there's a, like one Macho person, Man yeah, but it's like an older dad
1: guy. Yeah. He's like, ah, Macho Man. Because he's the smart man. He's the smart mark. He's Yeah, he's the guy that's like, oh, well, we all know that Macho Man is a much better than Hogan.
0: So we're to our main event, the 14th match. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth in a neutral corner Miss- for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. The champion... Comes out first.
1: I hate it. That made me so upset.
0: Foreshadowing?
1: I was so upset. I was like, yeah, I was watching this earlier today and my friend came over and I was finishing the match and watching it and I was bitching about Hogan. He was like, why do you hate Hogan? And I was like, it would take me too long to explain it, but
0: it's bullshit. (laughs) I mean, even Jesse and Gorilla talk about how the challenger usually comes out first. Yeah, Exactly. we then get um, Miss Elizabeth, who comes out to Savage's music.
1: Yeah, she comes out to Palm Circumstance.
0: Foreshadowing, Ventura as as Hulk's coming out. Ventura says, "Listen to the pukesters."
1: Yes, I love that. He calls them the pukesters. He's all for macho. We're not. We're, we're not all for macho. But in hindsight, we're all you for mean macho.
0: You know, you mean we're not all for the Hulkster.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, we're not like we. Uh, they're all pukesters. And we are real ones. We're all the madness,
0: not the mania.
1: And this is the first madness, too. It's on the back of his gear that's not particularly great looking, but it's fine.
0: Before the match really starts, Macho jumps out of the ring, grabs a sign, a foam finger. Does he? From a kid and tears it up.
1: Oh, no, that's, uh, I thought that, that, like, because this whole show, Donald Trump is there and his son is next to him and he has a Hulk finger. And then later thought, in the match, I thought it was a foam finger, but later in the match, I couldn't tell exactly what. Like if the towards the end of the show, uh, he has the foam finger, and I thought Donald Trump's kid was just like shitty and like broke stuff as like being a crummy kid, but it was probably. No, it was a plant. Uh, plant. It, it was totally. I assume it was totally a plant because it's like, oh, like it's Donald Trump's kid. What does it matter? Like he's there. He's on like the hard cam. Yeah. So macho ripping his finger in half. It would make sense. So it was probably
0: that. The two men finally lock up in the ring and Hulk pushes Savage away. And we get a Hogan chant. Boom. Savage starts running the ropes. Hogan gives a shoulder tackle and Macho rolls out of the ring.
1: We're getting Macho like
0: WrestleMania 3 like heel mode. Yeah. And it feels good. Savage locks on a headlock with some right hands for good measure. But once Hulk escapes, Macho goes back out to the floor. Hogan starts chasing Savage around the outside of the ring until Macho puts Elizabeth in between the two of them.
1: Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's like ah cause like I lo- I love what Macho does here, but you can't you can't defend that shit.
0: Once they're back in the ring, Hulk actually does some actual wrestling moves. Uh, a couple of them. a drop toe hold and slaps on a front face lock. Savage escapes with a back suplex, goes to follow with a running elbow drop, but Hogan moves. Multiple right hands from Hulk and looks to wring the arm, but Macho escapes with an eye rake. Savage with a double axe handle for a two count. Macho with an arm bar. The crowd starts cheering and Hulk starts hulking Hulking up. up.
1: And this is like the thing is, this match is so much longer than we're talking about because it's it's slow.
0: It's a slow start. Slow start. The
1: whole thing, the whole match is. I feel like pretty slow and pretty like measured where Macho I was, Man. I thought it was a good pace. No, no, it's definitely a good pace, but Macho Man like goes to the outside a bunch of times and like they put on the like headlocks and whatnot, but it's like almost like a 20 minute match.
0: It's a little over 17 minutes. Yeah. If I remember correctly.
1: But like the, like there's matches that we had that were like six minutes on this show that we talked about longer because the more shit happens. And this is really kind of more of a, like, t- tense or, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's more pomp and circumstance here.
0: <laughs> so as Hulk's hulking up, he grabs a handful of Savage's trunks and tosses him out of the ring. Hogan then slams Macho's head into multiple turnbuckles, gives a clothesline, multiple elbow drops, rakes the eyes with the boot.
1: Fuck yeah. No, yeah, that, that pissed me off. That's, that's also another reason why i hate the hulkster
0: an irish whip but ducks his head allowing savage to deliver a kick macho with a clothesline for a near fall and hulk is busted open
1: yeah i I was curious to where he bladed because i couldn't find the spot i guess it was after the kick or before the
0: kick i figured it might have been when he bent over he probably
1: yeah i just didn't catch it uh and i was surprised because it's very very light blade job
0: Gorilla uh, says, you're not going to stop a championship match because of a cut over the eye. Sick burn, NWA.
1: (laughs) I mean, the NWA one makes sense because that's way too
0: much blood. Savage then locks on a chin lock to wear the Hulkster down. But again, he hulks up, delivers some elbows, a shoulder tackle, starts running the ropes. Macho tries a big boot, but Hogan catches him, spins him around to give an atomic drop.
1: And he does that whole handshake. Like, no. It's kind of like the flare, like Beggity mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Followed by a running elbow drop, but Savage moves. Macho with a knee to the back of Hulk to drive him into the turnbuckle, followed by a schoolboy roll-up for a two count. And it looks good.
1: God damn it, I love you, Macho.
0: Savage slams Hogan's head into the turnbuckle, and Irish whips him to the opposite corner. Macho then slaps Hulk, which wakes him up, and Hogan begins to slam Savage's head into the corner. Big punches... Irish whip followed by a clothesline into the opposite corner. Hulk picks Macho up and slams him over the top rope to the floor.
1: I was surprised that Hulk did some heavy lifting like that.
0: Elizabeth runs over to check on Savage, but once he's up, he slaps her away. (sighs) He's upset. Hogan comes near the ropes and Macho grabs his legs, dragging him to the outside. Savage tries to slam Hulk's head into the ring post, the guardrail, the apron... But is blocked every time by Hogan. No. Finally, Hulk reverses one of these attempts and slams Macho's head into the apron. Boom. Hogan then picks Savage up to throw him into the ring post, but Elizabeth gets in the way, allowing Macho to escape and ram Hulk into the ring post himself.
1: <sighs> Elizabeth is a she's a tortured individual.
0: Elizabeth then checks on Hogan until Savage grabs her and starts putting his finger in her face. <sighs> He's like the.
1: I feel like that. The last finger I want in my face is Macho Man Randy Savage's, because uh, he points it like he's a T one thousand.
0: It's gonna go like (laughs) straight through your brain. Macho keeps shoving Elizabeth down the entryway, and finally the ref is fed up with all the Elizabeth interference and tells her to go back. Tells her just to go to the back. Get the fuck out of here. We've got we've got we got we got a championship match. We gotta figure it.
1: Yeah, your neutral corner is not that neutral. You need to
0: leave now. Savage is back attacking Hogan before climbing to the top rope for a double axe handle to the outside, which causes Hulk's throat to hit the guardrail.
1: Dude, that double axe handle to the outside is this kind of shit that I need all the time.
0: Macho continues to work over the throat with a rubber band slam, elite frog body guillotine, elbows, a scoop slam, a jumping knee drop, Starts choking him with tape tape. from his from his wrist, his wrist tape. He pulls it off. Finally, a top rope savage elbow for the one, two. two. Hulk is up.
1: And like that that move you were talking about, like you're choking him, but the the leapfrog body guillotine, which is basically when you jump, he's like his neck and arms are hanging over the second rope, rope and you're and you jump on him with your legs. It's kind of like the big boss man spot. I never knew
0: what to call that. I'm like, I don't know what, how to write this spot down. Hogan starts no-selling punches. The crowd's going crazy. Ugh. He's starting to wag his finger. Ugh, I hate it. Right hands. Fuck it. Big boots. I hate it. Leg drop. I hate it even more. The pin. And the win. And, and boo. Boo. I get it, but I hate it. Hogan's posing away in the ring. For ten minutes it's like five Hogan must pose. He's only the second person to kick out of the savage elbow. And he did it like with like still like 5 minutes left in the match.
1: And that savage elbow was beautiful. So good. This match is good. I hate it for
0: personal reasons because come to find out this match probably was supposed to go longer. Yeah. But Savage had been in the hospital literally hours before the show. Really? As his elbow was actually infected. Ugh. That's have, why like, it was. That's why something? it was all taped up and everything. Uh, gross. But after that, we get Gorilla and Jesse. They're saying their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Michael Temple. Yeah. It's time to give your overall thoughts of WrestleMania V. Good show. It's good, right? Yeah, it's I agree. good. Like everybody, most
1: like everybody shows up. Not everybody, not every match is great, but the show as a whole, I feel like, is pretty well paced. The tag matches are great. I would say, like, basically, the best shit is tag matches. Rick Rude, main event. Is there another singles event
0: that's perfect? Blazer.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, fuck. That's so early. Yeah, that that's that's fucking amazing. So this show is very very good. It is long, but it is WrestleMania and it's supposed to be long and everybody has to get their shit in. But you know, if you're start the show from the beginning, if you get bored and you want to skip something, skip it, but know that that it's that it's a good show. Like it's better than 4. Probably?
0: That's hard. It's I feel like it's probably on the same level but for different reasons. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, I can see that. Because like storyline wise, this show doesn't have anything really other than the main the, event.
1: Yeah, no, that's completely true.
0: But the majority of the matches were really good quality.
1: Yeah, there's there's a higher quality of matches, less story like whereas four. four, four the there's the quality more, of the
0: matches aren't great, but there's but more the story. storytelling yeah. is is yeah. better.
1: It's like the Blue Blazer shit. There's like no story, but that match is great.
0: I, I want to see Blue Blazer and Perfect yeah. in a. Fifteen minute match. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. Like, I guess there's like three good singles matches, and every tag match is kind of worth your time, with the exception of maybe the Rusev match.
0: The Rusev Bushwhackers match. I is definitely do without. Completely unnecessary. I don't love the tag team title match. I think that might be my second least favorite. That's what. That's.
1: I guess. I guess there's like four tag. matches There's
0: five tag matches. Okay. I mean, I'm that that tells you the depth. That tells you the depth of the tag division in 1989. That there are five Five, tag team matches.
1: Okay. Well, there's three great tag team matches and and three three great singles matches. matches. The rest of the show is fine, but there is six great matches in a 14-match thing. But it's continuously entertaining.
0: But those six matches are so good... That it's worth your whole time. That this show gets a thumbs up from me.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. It's great.
0: I mean, I would definitely watch the main event definitely. Mm-hmm. I would watch those six matches definitely watch. Yes. Totally. The rest of the show it's fun. I could do with or without it. By it's
1: no cool. means is it like boring. It's fun, it's well shot, but, you know, it's not all like high stakes by any means. The the main event is not your favorite WrestleMania main event or WrestleMania? It's not the main event of this show. Is not your favorite WrestleMania match, is it?
0: That we've seen so far. Yeah,
1: it's not your favorite macho. Is WrestleMania. it my favorite
0: Wrestle? All right, wait. Not I'm main asking, event
1: WrestleMania. WrestleMania I guess, match, match or yeah.
0: WrestleMania main event
1: match? Main event is kind of.
0: It's not my favorite WrestleMania match because we have Oops. Savage. It's, it's, mode.
1: So yeah, Savage Steamboat. He's the best Savage main, one? Main
0: event, maybe. I think it might be the yeah. best WrestleMania main event we've watched so far.
1: It's yeah, I know, no, I agree with that. That's why I had to like help myself. It's not the best Macho can, match.
0: It's not the best Macho match, but I do think it is the best Hogan match we've watched so which far, which is
1: pretty, pretty easy to say because but Hogan can, is Hogan. Bullshit.
0: Hogan's trying in this match.
1: Yeah, because it's fucking Macho. You have to try if you're up against Macho. Yeah, you can't half-ass a match with Macho Man Randy Savage. Not at this point in time.
0: I mean, personal feelings aside about yeah. Hulk Hogan, he did a good job in this match. No, he did, and like, and the final him doing what he does at the very end—that's that's, what Hogan does. does
1: well, no, that's what he's—that's what he's paid to do. Like, there's a like, I hate, I understand my issues with that, but I don't, I don't like look at it and be like, man, I wish it was different, man. I well, we understand. All
0: that, we all wish that Savage would win and yeah, but keep Sav- the belt. But, but Savage
1: it, is a better heel. Savage is better at everything than Hogan is ever. And, been.
0: We, and we know that the face is going to yeah. win in the end because yeah. that's what the Hogan reason. is, yeah, is important and
1: like what makes us, you know, wrestling fans is that we see past that and prefer a different thing. Exactly. Not what makes us that, but what you know makes us interested in wrestling is to see see those nuances, and it's not that nuanced when macho man's on the mic. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? You're there. All right, fuck you.
0: I think it's time for us to smart it up. What are some of your best moments of this show? Oh,
1: I love the the like double missile dropkick by the rockers where like Sean like overdoes it and like kind of misses, but it looks pretty nasty. I love really everything Rick Rude does quite a bit.
0: The entire Six minutes that perfect in blazer
1: game. Yeah, yeah, that that goes without saying. Like that is definitely the best wrestling on the whole show, right?
0: I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that they are my performers of the night. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. Uh I would say that the Brainbusters,
0: Brainbusters, Strike Force, Strike match, Force is up there. So good. I,
1: I'm kind of bummed about the like the Strike Force breakup at the end. I think because you'll, feels... I think you'll
0: enjoy what happens. Okay,
1: I believe you, but I like Strike Force. The Brainbusters,
0: seriously. I want to be pushed up the card. Yeah, I really do. I think that Brainbusters are and since they're a heel team and Demolition still has the belt as a face. Yeah. I hope that's what but happens. But Brainbusters
1: feel like a crispy version of like some AWA shit here.
0: I'd also like to see a Heart Foundation Brainbusters match.
1: Oh yeah. Like if that's not coming up soon, then fuck off forever.
0: Rockers Brainbusters. Yeah, that yeah. Like the like, tag there's division so many there's like there's like good match-ups there's three
1: like huge tag div like three huge technical tag teams here and then there's like two like brawler tag teams here that could still have good matches with those guys right the show is is good it is fun there is whack shit but i don't feel like that you should skip the show just watch the show
0: take the time watch Watch the the show. show watch the show it's good Anything disappointing to you in this show?
1: Uh, Honestly, I thought I was about to be disappointed with, like, I kind of, in hindsight, wish this happened, where they do, like, the whole Piper thing, Piper's Pit, and then Brother Love comes out, and everybody boos, but then Piper comes out later, and I just thought that maybe Piper wouldn't come out at all, and that would be so
0: fucking brutal I dislike that segment completely. I uh, it, it, was, it was
1: more. For, it was more, but it's like pre raw and stuff. Like I think that it went on too long, but I liked it for a long show that people spent I mean, good money on.
0: I think it would have been better if Brother Love had just done his thing, or but Piper was. Or a, Brother Love and Martin Downey Jr. Either Piper doesn't come out, Brother Love, Love doesn't come out. out, Martin
1: Downey Jr. <laughs> two or what, two. Or, it was if, just if it was too much. If it was just Piper and Brother Love, it would have been better. Either way, I think that it was kind of fun, but it also added time to, I, I mean, you can't call it a long show at this point in time.
0: No, it's not a super long show compared <laughs> to some of the ones that we watch yeah. nowadays. Uh, disappointing, Brutus and DiBiase, like, what was the point of that? I mean, I liked it. Like, you, you're about to, you I like Dibi, the, you I liked, DiBiase I like... with this million dollar belt, and then you just have a count out like it. It I like no it better sense. than like the bad news match. I mean, the bad news match wasn't. A, it's not even a match. It's like two guys brawling. Yeah. At least DiBiase and Beefcake are like actually doing. But some maybe wrestling. they're maybe
1: they're building up to it because like,
0: no, I these two like... guys because DiBiase obviously goes and has a feud now with Roberts. Yeah, Brutus ends up doing things with Hogan in the future. Um, so it's like, why have this match and have a double? It does nothing. Like... It does nothing for either yeah. person. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it's it's wrestling man that just it, shit changes all the time they like they still are writing shows on the fly on on live television have been for like 20 years so but like what we should be excited about is the fact that this hogan and macho man storyline has been so like so superbly told over such a length of time it's been a story
0: told over a year well uh, it's told super well,
1: from the pay per view standpoint.
0: It's told well in the fact that I know that Hogan, they're not going to make Hogan the f- heel.
1: Well, yeah, no, but I just Hogan cool.
0: does heel shit. I know we talked about this like, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. We
1: talk I mean that we talk about it all the time. Like heels do face, like faces do heel shit, just as much heel shit as heels do. It's just that
0: Hogan does a lot of heel
1: shit. Yeah, the fa- the like when he did the face stomp, I got so upset. But I got upset, and that means something.
0: I mean, we, we know who the best performers are because it's Blue Blazer and Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to discuss that. Oh, Macho, and Macho, Macho, of Macho
1: will always be in like the top three of every performer. Yeah. Even if he only does axe handles off the top, he's gonna get it <laughs> just for looking like Hogan or for looking like Macho and for talking like Macho.
0: Anything surprising that happened in the show?
1: Uh, I wasn't ready for a Blue Blazer match, but I was excited about it, so that was surprising. That match, like. But nothing else, like. For it to be honestly, some, I didn't. It I was didn't,
0: something completely different. Yeah. Than everything else on the show.
1: It felt. It feels. It feels kind it of felt like modern. Yeah, it feels kind of like the when you watch like the first episode of Nitro and you get Pillman, Jushin Thunder Liger, yeah, and you're like, oh, like holy shit, what the fuck this is, is this? is Wrestling? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it feels it it and that match is even more physical than probably that nitro match from years later. The other thing that was surprising was I did not think that Rick Rude would leave IC.
0: Yeah, that was surprising as well. Because and but no, I, no one was expecting Warrior to lose because yeah, they've been building him up so much. Yeah,
1: and I love that he lost, and I love the way he lost, and I think that whole match was like super. Like that is that is. Sp- sports entertainment you know what i mean i was was sports sports entertained, entertained like by that match it was fun it was over the top but the athleticism was also out of this world like those guys are big they're strong they're not gonna do a shooting star press or anything but they look like they can do a shooting star press and there's probably not such thing as a shooting star press at this point not, not, not yeah, named that. Not, not outside of Mexico. But like but the like they look amazing and the story is told well. Even though it's not like a technical
0: match. It's good. Now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. Who would be NWA's first champion on July 14th, 1948? Orville Brown would defeat Sonny Myers to be recognized as the first ever NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Orville Brown, born in 1908, grew up on a farm outside of Kiowa, Kansas. In the late 1920s, Ernest Brown, a former manager, convinced Orville he had a future in wrestling. Orville would go undefeated for 71 matches when he first began. Orville would impress many with his wrestling skills in matches with former champions such as Jim Londos and Ed Strangler Lewis. After Brown won the title, he immediately set about defeating world champions from other promotions as a way of unifying the titles. One of the most significant matches was against Frank Sexton on March 15, 1949. Sexton held the American Wrestling Alliance Championship. Which was considered the second most important title in the country but tragedy would hit november 1st of that year brown would be involved in a car accident that forced him into early retirement in existence for a little more than a year the nwa needed a champion they would look north to a man who would carry the nwa for the next seven years lou thez next week Clash of the Champions 6, Raging Cajun. I
1: assume it's in Louisiana. I would assume so as well. I I was, I gotta, what was the show that we watched? It was Clash of the Champions 1. No, but what was the AWA show? Super Clash 3. I got my Clashes mixed up. Clash of the Champions actually made a reassertance this year, 2019. That's true, it did. I watched it, every belt was defended. I think there was one match that was not a title match. I don't know, it
0: was fine. Doesn't sound much like a Clash of the Champions, if you ask me. Well, I mean, every belt was done. You didn't miss anything. The Clash of the Champions 6 was run the same night as WrestleMania. Just like Clash of Champions, one was. Oh wait,
1: so the same night as the show we just covered? Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. What was that
1: attendance like? like We'll find out next week. Four grand to fucking
0: what is it? Almost nineteen thousand. Yeah,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: But yeah, Clash of Champions will be run on TV uh, up against. So they weren't. It wasn't pay per view, but it's a TV show. Well,
1: they're trying to do the. They're doing like the. The competing the free show, thing, the compet- yeah. yeah, competing
0: show against. So it, it makes
1: sense. It's way probably smaller venue, cheaper. It's on cable. Yeah, they got the Ric Flair headline match.
0: So Ride if you're city. if you're looking for it on the network, you can always go uh, Clash of the Champions. Look for the WCW versions of it, and you can just go to '89. Yeah, and you'll be able to find it right there. The music from this week's show is the theme song from WrestleMania Five.
1: Is there any way we can play something? I hate you, Hulk Hogan.
0: And Real American by Rick Derringer. That song is so good, though. It's such a
1: great song. It's so good. I sing it all the time.
0: We don't have to listen to it too many more times. I mean, I, I don't. we're not
1: listening to it now.
0: You're going to add it in.
1: But I think about it more than
0: I listen to it. That's true. If you like us, you can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Go and give us one of those five-star ratings. Let's everyone else know how much you like us. Please give us those five stars.
1: Five stars or no stars. That's
0: right. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Twitter, tweeting away, just whatever. Really? Give those mild takes. Mild takes that we have about whatever. <laughs> and you can find us there at X. That's Wrestling H I S T O. Forget the Y. We'll talk to you next week.